Okay. Okay, good. Lonely road. David Kelsey. Welcome back. We are starting a new series tonight for May, and it is called Who Am I? And in this series, I want to talk about who I am, who you are. And I want to start by saying I'm going to talk about several moments that are defining moments in someone's life. I'm going to use different Bible stories, uh, uh, major Bible stories that we know very well to kind of point out these moments. But I want to start by saying there's no single moment in your life that will define the rest of your life. Uh, other than, you know, asking Jesus for forgiveness and becoming a Christian. But as far as any single moment where you mess up or you make the wrong choice or you do something that you shouldn't or you do something that you should, uh, there is no one single moment that will define everything. You always have other chances. You always have a chance to continue growing, to continue moving forward. And so because of that, to kind of illustrate that, the first story I want to tell, the first character I want to go to for their life choice is David. Uh, David is one of my favorite characters to talk about, one of my favorite people to talk about. He started out so amazingly. He, he was a young guy who watched the sheep and, and who was the youngest of his brothers, the youngest in his family. And so they all kind of talked down to him. They made fun of him. If you're a younger sibling, you know what it's like to be the butt of jokes, to be made fun of, to be mocked, all of those things. And so he got that. Uh, and, and I'm sure that it bothered him, but he just kept doing what he was doing. He kept giving everything to God. He kept growing, and over the course of his life, he had so many moments of, of great faith, but he also had moments of failure, and so if you looked at either of those moments and, and said, well, this is who he's going to be forever, then that erases the point of his life, basically, because in the good moments, he did help to define what he would be, and he had something to call back to, something to come back to, something to look at as what he was capable of, but in the bad moments... It didn't mean that that was all he was going to be either. It, it showed that he had things to learn. It showed that he wasn't perfect. And so I want to start with one of his major, probably the most major thing that we associate with him, and that's David and Goliath. And so before I start reading, basically to set up the story, uh, Goliath is a giant. And I, I don't know how tall he is. He was like eight, nine feet tall. Uh, today, he wouldn't be as giant because everybody else back then was short, but he's still a big guy, uh, like bigger than Shaq, bigger than whoever else you could think of that's not athletic, that's gigantic. And so the green giant, maybe, but he's a giant. There you go. Old school. He's a, a, a giant and he's not only a giant, he's also very loud and very confident and very boisterous and very yelly. And so the, the Philistines were kind of like from, from the perspective of Israel, they were like the main bad guys. They were the uh, Thanos and his group of the whole world. Like they were the ones that were standing in the Israelites' way of, of being the country that God called them to be. And so they're in basically a constant battle for several years. And, and during this point, uh, Philistine is looking pretty good because they have Goliath and he's giant and he's won a lot of battles and, and he can almost take out like a whole army by himself uh, with, with, you know, supporting help. And so he's a big deal and he's standing there. And that's intimidating enough, but he's also yelling, and the king is there, for Saul and everybody else on Israel. And he's like, hey, you know what? 
I care so little about you guys, and I'm so confident in myself that I can take any of your champions and beat them, and then we're going to win. And I will tell you what, all of Philistine, we will walk away if you can beat me, because I know you can't. Now, that confidence on top of his size is scary. It's terrifying. It's a, a giant thing to look at. Um, if you've heard the phrase facing your giants, like Goliath is often used for that, because this is the epitome of big problems to, to go against. And so the, the Israelites, they're scared, and they believed in God, they trusted him, but they also were like, well, you know, on our own, we can band together and go out and take Philistine, I believe in that, but one-on-one, -on -one, none of us are that big, none of us are that strong, what are we going to do? And so King Saul, who was once a fighter for them, and, and who's a good king at this point still, uh, is basically like, I don't know. And so David comes along, he's bringing food to his brothers who are all in the army, and as he brings it. Uh, he hears all of this going down, and his brother's like, get out of here, kid. Come on, go home. We got stuff to deal with. And he's like, well, why aren't you dealing with it? Like, what's happening? And then, you know, he, he basically walks up and says, hey, guys, where's the king? I can go do this. And like, dude, you're so stupid. You're such a little kid. Go home. You suck. And like, they're just making fun of him. But, and this is where we start reading, 1 Samuel 17, 32 through 49. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no, way you can figure the There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. Uh, if you've ever seen my dog Stevie, and I have a, promise I have a point, uh, she is this cute little dog, uh, part Shih Tzu, part Terrier. There are pictures of her all over my Facebook, and if you're watching this on Facebook, you can just go check it. Um, but she's little, and so she's, she's very brave, though. And so I remember several stories where bigger dogs would be somewhere, and she would just be barking at them. And most of them would be like, what, what are you doing, girl? Like, you're, you're a little kid. Like, you're a little dog. I'm not scared of you. Uh, several times at my old apartment, there was a husky, a big husky, who would be walking around. And I remember every time we saw that husky, Stevie would just pour everything out of herself barking. And she would bark and bark and bark. And the husky wouldn't bark back because it was basically like if you go to the store and a two-year-old starts yelling at you and saying, I can take you, you're going to be like, what is going on? Like, this kid, go to your parents, kid. Like, you're nothing. Because that's how we look at smaller things. That's how we look at people that are no problem. So that's how the husky looked at Stevie. And yet Stevie kept barking. And so that's kind of what everybody is looking at David here right now for. They're saying, dude, you're a little kid. Like, yeah, you, you do a good job with, with the sheep and you take care of them, but you're a kid. We're soldiers. We're a big deal. And, and David goes to the king and says, I will go fight him. Again, this is like a two-year-old saying, hey, don't worry. I know you have a bully at school. I'll go take care of it. You're like, what are you talking about? Like, I, if I can't beat them, you can't. And so that is what is happening. And the, the thing I want to talk about tonight that comes from this is that feeling when no one believes in you. That feeling when, when you want to do something or you have dreams or you have goals and no one believes in you. Maybe it's school. Maybe you have a class that's so hard. And you're like, okay, I just have to do this, and I have to do this extra credit, and I have to study. And maybe some of your friends are like, yeah, whatever, just give up. You're not going to be able to do this. Or maybe you have a dream of, of being the number one chair in band, or of uh, making a three-pointer in an actual game and getting in uh, of basketball. Maybe you have a, a dream of going pro, or a dream of being a CEO, or a dream of being rich, whatever. And so the people around you are like, yeah, you can't do this. Just know your role, kid. And that hurts to hear. Uh, for myself, I am my biggest detractor. Like, I believe in myself less than anyone else in the entire world could ever possibly 
not believe in me. Is, that works. Check it. Uh, and, and that's how I feel. And so when someone else doesn't believe in me, uh, it hurts absolutely. But it kind of motivates me and it kind of makes me uh, upset and like, you know what, I'm going to try to prove them wrong. Or, or I'm going to just say I'm going to try to prove them wrong and sit. But I, I want to keep going because that's where David is. He has this moment. And so not only are his brothers saying you can't do this, not only is the giant saying no one can do this, but the king is now saying, what are you talking about? Like, you're not even in the army, plus you're a kid, plus you can't fight. Like, this guy is huge. You cannot do this. And he has this moment before we go on. And if you know this story, you know this story. But he has this moment where he can say, you know what? Everybody else is right. Everybody else is, they know me better, and it's just crazy. Now, there are going to be times where you have a dream, maybe, or you have an idea of doing something, and, and when people say, hey, yeah, you shouldn't do that, then it's a good idea to listen. Uh, you're going to have to trust yourself, your, your relationship with God, to know that. For example, if you're like, you know what? I'm going to break the sound barrier with my car. And this is what Terry was saying a while ago. Like, I'm going to get on the interstate, and I don't care about the cops, and I'm just going to drive as fast as I can, and I'm going to break the sound barrier and went, beat all the records, and I'm going to join the next Fast and the Furious franchise. And, and, you know, I'm like, dude, hold on. Now, you know, you can get arrested and blah, blah, blah. And that, it's good to listen to that. That didn't actually happen, maybe. Uh, and it's good to listen to things like that, but... Your dreams that are real, your dreams that are, are built on God, that are built on your faith, that are built on what you can do, then you have to find the motivation. And so I keep going. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Uh, that accelerated fast. So he starts out by saying, I take care of my father's sheep and goats. Now, I don't know about you, but if someone is trying to prove themselves to me, and they're like, yeah, I take care of my father's sheep and goats, especially today, I'm like, okay, congratulations, like that's your job. Or, you know, I work at McDonald's. Okay, congratulations, that's your job. But then the next line after that is, yeah, when a bear or a lion come, I kill them. And it's because of God. That is really burying the lead because that's a big deal. Because whereas Goliath is a human and big and strong, a bear and a lion, they don't really think when they're going at you. They're just operating on instinct. And so that's a big battle. That's tough. I challenge you to go to the zoo and fight a bear or a lion. Please don't actually do that. This is not something that I want you to do. But it's a tough thing. It's a big thing. And so when he says that, I'm sure that everybody around was like, some people were like, yeah, I'm sure. And some people were like, whoa, is that, is that legit? Like, maybe we should send this kid. And so he shows us the first step. It is not caring what everybody else thinks. It's not worrying about what people are saying. It's not worrying about the fact that nobody believes in you. It's believing in yourself, believing in God and saying, okay, I know that nobody believes I can do this, but God does and God is with me. And so I believe in him. Uh, there will be times, as I said, that I don't believe in myself at all, aka all of the time. And there will be times that you don't believe in yourself. And, and what I would say to that is hopefully you build the confidence to do that. But more than that, build the confidence to believe in God, believe that God can work through you. Uh, I've talked several times about how I was terrified of public speaking. It's still something that makes me nervous. And now I do it all of the time. Uh, and, and 
It's because I trust God. It doesn't mean that I think I'm good. It doesn't mean I believe I can do it even. It means that I believe God can speak through me. It means that I believe God is there, that I believe God has something to say through me. And so that's what I do, and that's what David is doing here. And so the first step is believing in God and saying, okay, what is the path forward? I have to to believe in myself too and go forward. And so we go to the next part. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet, and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped his sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things before. So this is where you get to the part where people grudgingly accept it. And they're like, yeah, you know what? I got nothing else, so we might as well try it. And it's not fully believing you. It's like, I'm going to make you be exactly what I think, because this is what I think can win. It doesn't matter about God. It doesn't matter about you. It matters what I think. And so Saul says, put on my armor. David's never worn it before. He's much smaller, and he doesn't feel he needs it. But Saul is like, you got to do this, because there's only one way to do it, and it's my way. Uh, I remember, and I'm going to go to the NBA for a second. But Steph Curry, and you either love him or you hate him, but he's a good shooter. And so when the Warriors first started being good, like he's like six feet tall, six two, something like that. He's a short guy for basketball. And Charles Barkley, who I cannot stand, no offense, Chuck, if you're watching, but uh, it, he, he would constantly say, the Warriors are never going to win. Uh, you can't be a jump shooting team and win. And he would say it over and over and over again. As they went through the playoffs, he would keep saying it. In the finals, as they're up, he would keep saying it. And it's because he believed they had to look a certain way to win. And he was proven wrong because the Warriors did win. They won. And so David is in this situation where he believes that he can do it. He believes that God will work with him. He believes that God will work through him. And Saul says, you know what? We got nothing else. I'm going to grudgingly believe in you, but really I just want you to go out there and be just like me. Uh, There will be people in your life who don't believe in you. And worse than that, they're kind of like your biggest critic. And then they will say things like, hey, someday you're going to thank me for not believing in you. You're going to find this motivation. Uh, because it's really an excuse to be cruel. There have been people in my life a long time ago when I first started in ministry, when I first started trying to, to do this, uh, who, who would say things like, yeah, you can't do this. Like, this is not your personality type. This is not how you are. Like, you're not happy all the time. You can't do this. You can't do that. You're not very good at games. Like, all of these different things, except sports, wiffle ball, still champ. And, and so all of these things... Uh, They would say, and then as it would go, like they'd have a checklist of things that were negative about me and things that I wasn't doing right. And it hurt and it sucked. And over and over again, they would say, but someday you'll look back and thank me for pointing all of this out. Well, I'm not. Like, it's not that, that I didn't find some motivation there. It's not that I didn't think that they were right on some things, but for someone to tear you down or to try to change you and then say, someday you're going to thank me for this, that's not true. Because All that you need is God saying you can do this. And then you train, you work, you study. Whatever it is you need to try to do, you want to try to do, you keep doing it. And there will be people along the way who say you can't and people along the way who say you have to do this. And you have to decide, well, what do I want to do? What do I need to do? What is God calling me to do? How can I reach my dreams in the right way? How can I reach my dreams without changing who I am? How can I reach my dreams without just becoming something I don't recognize? Because if you change everything about you in order to become something that you wanted to be, then you're not really that thing. That's a weird sentence, but basically what I'm saying 
is if you have to change absolutely everything about you, and I'm not talking things like studying more or learning a language or uh, becoming a, a better shooter, whatever it is, I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you have to change your morals, if you have to change your personality, if you have to change everything about yourself that matters, that makes you who you are, in order to succeed in people's eyes, those eyes don't matter. There are going to be people, even when you succeed, that don't believe in you. That's why it's so important to, to go to your parents, to, to trust your family, to have your close friends who, who, they will believe in you, they will cautiously tell you what to do, they will give you advice to listen and to keep going forward, to pray. And so David is again at this moment where he has another choice and it's like, okay, this doesn't feel right. Like, this isn't who I am. I'm going to trip. I'm going to fall. Like, this doesn't, this is going to mess up. Like, I, I, I don't feel confident anymore. I feel just like a little Saul. Like, I don't feel like this is right. And yet, because Saul is the king, because Saul is bigger than him, because Saul is more important than him in the world's eyes, because Saul is more popular, more successful, he could have been like, you know what? I have to be wrong. I'm just going to question myself. Everybody else is right. And so I'm just going to go out here and I'm going to try my best just like this. And so we go to what he does. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. He packed up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag. Then armed with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to meet the Philistine. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer in front of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of the gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. So this moment, if you're on the Israelite side, you're probably getting ready to learn the Philistine way of life. Because you're like, okay, he took off his armor and now he's just walking out there and this giant is a giant. Like, he's got a shield. He already knew how to fight, and he's got a sword, and he's not only that, but he's not shaken. One of the things you kind of hope is uh, that, like, I've seen times on, on highlights for sports, and I can go back to sports, but it's something we all know, uh, where you'll have, like, the team that is supposed to win the championship, the team, like, Muncie Central, who, who in high school basketball, way back in the day in Indiana, in the 50s, I think, what Hoosiers is based on, uh, they, they were a bigger school. They were a giant school. They were supposed to win. And then Milan, little Milan with like 30 people in the school and just like a small team. Uh, nobody believes in them. And people would have thought, well, you have to recruit. You have to do this. But they won. And so, but yet at the championship, everybody's like, yeah, this is going to be funny. Like, they're not going to do it. Right now, all of the Israelites and the king are probably like, well, at least we're taking a shot. But let's get somebody to go clean up his blood because he's going to die. Like, he cannot do this. And Goliath, too, he's not shaken by the size. He's not like, wait, is this a trick? Does he know magic? Like, what's happening here? Is he a wizard? Something like that? Goliath is like, I'm going to kill you, kid. Like, I'm not a dog. You can't come out here and come at me. Uh, you, you have nothing, and so I'm going to kill you real quick. And, and so he sounds overconfident, but it's not like he's standing there making fun, like putting his sword down and saying, yeah, I'm going to leave it here, and then you come and get me. He's ready to fight. And he's like, I'm going to do this. And so David, again, who has been told over and over and over and over again, you can't do this. I don't believe in you. Now is faced with the moment that he's been waiting for, the moment that he believed in, the moment that he trusted God for. And again, it's another choice. It's another moment. You see, I said there's no one defining moment. In this story alone, to this point, there are several moments where he could have gone one way or the other, where he could have made different decisions, where he could have changed who he was, where the outcome would have changed drastically. And yet in this moment, 
He hears Goliath, and it's real. Because it's one thing to say, yeah, I can go ride that roller coaster. It's another thing to be on the roller coaster as it's starting to go up 300 feet in the air. I don't know if that's big for a roller coaster. It sounds like it's big. I love roller coasters. But it's one thing to do that. It's another thing to be in front of it. It's one thing to say, yeah, I, I can run a marathon. It's another thing to begin running the race with everybody watching you. It, it's one thing to say, yeah, I can play a solo for the band, or I can sing a solo for choir, or I can speak in front of public. Uh, and it's another thing to actually be standing there with the mic on, to actually be sitting there. And so David is at this moment where he was to this point saying, God can do it. I don't care what you say. I believe in God. I believe in me. And so I'm going to do that. And now he's faced with the giant in front of him, with the elephant in the room, with everything that he's facing. And so again, he could have said, you know what, I can't do it. Like, they were right, I need the armor. They were right, I couldn't do this. They were right, somebody else should be here. And yet, David replied to the Philistine, you come up to me with a sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the, peop the armies of Israel whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. I like to think that's what Stevie said to the husky too. And so we see David showing all this courage. And he's not just saying, I think I can do this, Goliath. He's not just being silent. He's saying, I'm going to win. But he's not saying, it's because I'm amazing. And that's what a lot of people will do. Uh, he's saying, I'm going to win because God has already won. I'm going to win because God has called me to do this. I'm going to win because God is here. I believe in God. He's giving God all of the glory. He's giving God everything that he can. He's trusting in God. He's saying, God is going to do this. It's not David. It's not the armies of Israel. It's God who can do this. When I stand in front of people and I speak, it's, I believe God doing it through me. It's not something I could do on my own. Uh, when, when you're in front of people and you're, doing, you're trying to live out your dreams, you're trying to win, you're trying to do whatever you're trying to do, believe that God is with you. He will not leave you alone. As long as you follow what David is doing here. And I'm not, calling kill, not saying to kill bear and lions all the time. Uh, but what I'm saying is David started with believing in God and said, God can do this. I have confidence in him. And then he went and he stepped forward and he said, hey, king, I can do this. I believe in God. And Saul is like, okay, well, let's change everything about you. And David said, no, no, no. God can do this through me. I believe. I will train. I will do all that I need to do, but, but I'm not going to change who I am. And then he gets to the point of no return. And Goliath said, I'm going to kill you, kid. I'm giving you a chance to go away. And David said, no, no, no. This isn't me standing here. God can do this through me. God is bigger than you. God is bigger than anything we face. God is bigger than all of the storms. We've all heard that. But it's very, very true. And so he stands there and says, I can do this through God. With God, all things are possible. The last part of the scripture. As Goliath moved closer to attack... David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath uh, stumbled and fell face down in the ground and died and David cut off his head and said, hey, we went. Um, but David, I guarantee, even though he was showing confidence and faith in God, I guarantee he still felt fear. 
Like there are still probably points along the way where he felt, maybe I can't do this, but no, I can. So if you're doing something, you have a dream, you have a goal, you're trying to get a good grade, you're trying to, to do something that, that people don't believe in. If there are points where you say, maybe they're right, don't think, well, I failed, I'm never going to do this. Remember that everyone has those doubts. Everyone has those questions. That does not define you either. But you keep going forward and you say, okay, that's not the way that I want to think. I'm going to pray to God. I'm going to pray for strength, for courage. I'm going to pray for the ability to step forward. I'm going to pray for, for uh, guidance. I'm going to pray for patience. I'm going to pray for anger control. I'm going to pray to do better. And then you do it. And not all of the time will it be a situation where you just go cold and you do it and you fight a giant. Sometimes it's going to be years of you training, of you trying, of you reading, of you studying, of you doing things to make yourself better. Not to change who you are, but to prepare. Because being well prepared does not make it less miraculous. Being well prepared does not make it any less important or amazing. You see, David had been prepared all along by protecting the sheep. Now, at the time, he probably wasn't thinking that. He was probably just thinking, well, this is my job. I have to do this. And yet fighting bears, fighting lions, fighting off wolves and whatever else was there, taking care of something else and putting himself there and believing in God, that was preparing. And so something in your life that probably you've gone through and you're like, at the time, man, this sucks. I don't know if I can do this or this is hard, etc., etc. You are preparing just by going forward, just by getting up in the mornings, just by trying. Uh, a couple months ago, I did the series, Always Keep Fighting. And, and that applies to mental health. It applies to depression, to, to anxiety, to all of those things. But it also applies to everything in life. And that's why I love that phrase so much. Always keep fighting, always keep moving forward. As long as there is life, there is hope. And so we look at David, and again, this is one of those stories that we've heard thousands and thousands and thousands of times. Uh, there's cartoons. Everybody knows this story, even if you've never opened a Bible in your life, even if you've never walked into the doors of a church, because David versus Goliath is part of, of the, the popular culture. Like People talk about it anytime there's an upset that happens. It's David beat Goliath, but yet this actually happened. And everybody watching probably did not believe it was going to happen until the very end. Everybody watching was ready for David to fail. And so there are going to be people in your life right up to the moment you succeed that don't believe you can succeed. Uh, one of the things that I've seen, and I talked about this on the podcast the other day, I'll see on Facebook, and I try not to look a lot because it's crazy sometimes, but I'll see people post things like, get rid of all the negativity in your life. Get rid of all the doubters, all the haters, blah, blah, blah. Uh, there is a huge difference between someone who is negative in a moral ways, like abusive or cruel or racist, sexist, something like that, and someone who is considered negative just because they disagree, just because they think differently, just because they don't believe in you. Um, and while you shouldn't listen to them, getting rid of them means that you just surround yourself with people that always say yes to you, and that's not a good idea either. And so you have to hold on to your truth, hold on to God, hold on to, to your faith, and be ready to talk things out with people who other people would consider negative. Because negative does not mean bad. It means somebody disagrees. And so David could have said, shut up, King Saul. Like, I don't need you in my life. Get out of here. And yet he said, okay, I'm going to listen even though I disagree. And it's not going to change who I am. It's not going to change my faith. But I'm going to listen because he is a person. And so he wasn't overconfident, he was confident, and he was confident in God. So as we go forward in this series, 
we're going to talk about these different moments of, of people in the Bible who we know, stories that we know, where they were faced with moments of decision. They were faced with moments of other people's negativity. They were faced of moments of their own indecision, of their own doubt. And through them all, they trusted God. It does not mean that they didn't fail because David, who had one of the most amazing, miraculous experiences of all time, just several years later when he's the king, uh, when people would be like, oh man, remember when he beat Goliath, when he believed so strongly in God? He went against God. He murdered someone's husband. He committed adultery. He lied. He covered it up. He did all kinds of bad things. And just like that didn't define him, this didn't either. And yet there are moments in his life where he could learn, where he could grow. And so even though he had this big success, he still messed up. And so there's a phrase, don't rest on your laurels. When you succeed, when you achieve your dreams, that's amazing. And you shouldn't be like, well, what's next? You should be, and eventually you'll get to that point, but you shouldn't be like, well, that's it. That's the end of my life. Like, that's the most important thing. You should be like, okay. I'm going to keep going forward, and this is important to me, and it matters, and I'm going to hang the medal up in my office, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and you keep going forward, and you build on it, and when you succeed, you build on it. When you fail, you learn from it, and you keep going forward, and God will be with you every step of the way, and that's what this series is going to be about. You're going to have so many moments in the course of your life where you get to define who you are, and all of those moments will add up, and through it all, who you are should be someone who is completely reliant upon God. Because David didn't win because he was athletic. He didn't win because he was skilled. He didn't win because he was strong. He didn't win because of anything other than he trusted in God. And he prepared and he built himself and he gave everything to God and then he went and won. All of that mattered. And so as we go through this series, think about what you would do in this situation, how you would go at your dreams, how you would go against your Goliaths. Think about the lonely road of no one believing in you, the lonely road of not believing in yourself, and how you can get off of that road, how you can take an off-ramp, how you can go straight to God and say, okay, I am having trouble here, and I don't know what to do, and I don't have any confidence, and I don't believe in myself, and nobody believes in me. God, how can I prepare? How can I grow? How can I move past this? And I promise you that he will help you. Don't change who you are in terms of immorals, in terms of values, in terms of anything else, but grow and think, and learn, and become more reliant on God so that when you succeed, you can say, yeah, this was awesome, and it was because of God, and it was because He used me, and I allowed it. That's all I got.